Welcome everybody to another episode of the Popcorn Watchlist Podcast, where we discuss and celebrate our favorites in TV and film. I am your host, Xavier, and once again I'm joined by my fellow Popcorn Watchlist panelists, Anthony, Danny, and Zach. And today we have the special privilege to go a little prestige this time. Uh, Zach, if you want to remind our audience, uh, you selected our movie of the week to watch and discuss. So go ahead, sir. Uh, lead the way. What were you we talking about today? <clears throat> All right. So today we're going to be talking about a uh, small movie uh, that came out God, 13, 14 years ago, almost at this point. Um, like 13 and a half. Yeah, just about. Um, yeah, yeah. That uh, it's another historical piece called uh, The King's Speech starring Mr. Colin Firth. He's not knighted yet, right? He's not a sir yet? I, no, don't, I don't think so. think so. So, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Thing is a No, he just got kinged. <laughs> <laughs> True, yes. He played, Spoilers. He played checkers. He played checkers. Nice. And also starring uh, um, Jeffrey Rush and Helena Bonham uh, Carter, among other people. Yes. But they're the main three mm-hmm. in this film. Yeah, they're incredible in this movie. Like, What a delightful movie. A couple of Harry Potters. <clears throat> Yeah, we, yeah, well, yeah Harry Potter yeah. people, yeah. We get to, we'll get to a couple of, of uh, fun pieces of casting there too, uh, but yeah, Zach, uh, thank you for that introduction. Yeah, movie is uh, documents the story, uh, true story of the fact that King George the Sixth, which was Queen Elizabeth's father, uh, actually had a stammer and a speech impediment, and he went through a lot of the official ways to try to have that fixed, but a lot of it was really not so much kind of dealt with as much because in the end he would only have to go through some royal duties being the you know younger brother you may have to speak a little bit here and there maybe show your face but it's not that big of a deal because it's expected that his brother uh was going to be king who ended up being edward uh you know he took the title of edward long story short stuff happens and he is thrusted into the role of king has uh, the title of King George the Sixth, so now it's the point where you know his worst nightmare is almost like coming true. But what's cool is that his wife, uh, like you said, played by Helena Bonham Carter, uh, very early in the movie after a opening speech where it's just you know going really poorly for him, decides to go outside of the normal channels and uh, recruits a speech therapist by the name of uh, Lionel Logue, played by Jeffrey Rush. And what we get here is the formation of a really strong, not only uh, like therapy sessions, but also the beginnings of a, a, a actually trusted close. And I think for, you, know, you get to the end of the movie, like a really trusted friendship uh, between someone who uh, is really trying to work through something and someone who is trying to prove to him, himself that like, hey, I can like this is these, the work that I do actually matters and, and has helped a lot of people. Um, so when you said that you wanted to talk about this movie, I was delighted because in the past, I don't know, you know, these 14, 15 years or so, we've had a lot of really great, uh, a lot of really awesome and astounding, like best picture films. But for some reason, like I'll, I'll share something personal is that this movie kind of really spoke to me because it was like, not only the speech impediment, but like sort of like someone finding your voice, finding your confidence and, and, you know, kind of coming into yourself and believing kind of almost believing yourself despite having something working against you and at the same time i actually have a family member who is a uh accredited and um 
you know, master's degree holding speech and language pathologist. So that's really cool to see that, like, when they go through the, some of the stuff in the beginning of, like, oh, we're going to have your elocution lessons. And I'm just, like, the whole marble pit of a marble bit of, like, him having to speak with Marvel's mouth. I remember turning to, you know, uh, hope she doesn't put on, get put on blast, but my sister Liz, I looked to her in the theater. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, that 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 stuff happened. Like, it was a dark time <laughs> back then in the late 20s and 30s. Like, it's just there was a lot of these things like, oh, you know, what's going to work? Well, in the in the film, um, the, the doctor that does it uh, says that, oh, yeah, th- this was used to cure what again? What, what was it called? Um, it was it was uh, in uh, Themosthenes. It was an old, it was a, it's an ancient Greek. Well, yeah, because then, then, yeah. then uh, Queen Elizabeth, uh, the mother, the mother queen. Queen mother. Says, yeah. Queen now mother, it's yes. not queen mother yeah, because queen mother. of Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, was, says like, yeah, in ancient Greece or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that worked in ancient Greece. Uh, any <laughs> track since then? And that guy's like, 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 you can tell, like, in the words of Anthony here, is like, that guy's getting, like, eviscerated and bone sawed, like, to hell. And the guy's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, and then even well, be- also- and before that, he was making him smoke. He's like, yeah, this, yeah. Will, this will open up your this lungs calm and you down. calm your throat and give you confidence. It's like, they were like, what's wrong with you? Uh, fun that fact, was the mentality back then. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, King George VI actually died of lung cancer. So, right. you know, it's that's one of those things you're like, oh, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, like... It, this movie is it's it's a delight like honestly like that's that movie felt like to me it's a feel-good story you have that good ups and downs it's just it is truly just a, a delight um you know it's it's and it's a true story yeah so, it's based like, on a true story a lot of the stuff you know even like if you go to like the royal website like a lot like they'll talk about uh they don't really mention a lot of the stuff but they don't you know they, they there wasn't any pushback i was like oh it's a fabricated thing it's like it's known that that's a lot of that that happened um and uh you know just uh, everything you know everything comes together this movie like the way the movie shot obviously it's brilliantly acted you have like all-star powerhouses throughout you know, this entire movie yeah like you have some strong strong actors here and uh even you know to the disdain of anthony um you know alexander desplat uh scores the film extremely well too no, i have a problem with him <laughs> yeah, personally he yeah, I don't know. Does. I don't have a problem with him. He he makes great music. It's just I think in certain <laughs> years Hans Zimmer made better music. <laughs> but like there's been other years that he's won, and I'm like, yeah, that, that music was great. But well, I mean, Interstellar. Funny enough, on, guys, th- this is on. the year that we're talking about where he won something. Was no, oh, no, sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry, sorry. No, we're, we're, he sorry. won in the theory of everything over Interstellar, I believe. Well, well, sorry, what I meant to say was that uh, that uh, Hans Zimmer didn't win something that he clearly probably should have won. Well, also, at the same well, time, that's been a lot of times, but well, yeah, it was Hans, I think it was Hans, and it was also um, the splat that lost out yeah. to the social network. Yeah. Which, you know, it's, that's, you know, opinions. You know, I think Soul is a better score than, uh, you know, Social Network. But I even think Watchmen, the show, is a better score than that. But that's a different story. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I love Desplat. Back to the I love Desplat. Desplat, you know, he does great work. But he did the he, score for the comeback uh, 2014 Godzilla movie. That's right. He did. Did Harry Potter's. He did say which one? The seven part seven one, part one two. two. Yeah, but he was just copying John Williams. Dang. <laughs> no, but he also wrote Lily's theme, which that one is yeah. really nice. 
So I'll, no. I'll, I'll take yeah. that. He's he like, does, oh, he, does good, he does good music. And speaking of Harry Potter, we have some Harry Potter alums, right, Zach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Helena Bonham Carter, of course, mm-hmm. as Bellatrix Lestrange. Yes. Uh, but but also uh, the late great Sir uh, Michael Gambon. That's right, Michael Gambon. As uh, as King George V. I knew, you know, it's funny enough, a fun story about Michael Gambon. I first was introduced to Michael Gambon um, from the Ali G movie. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, Ali G in the house. And I was like, and he's... Wicked. <laughs> with the same thing because um, uh, Martin Freeman's in that, too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's Ali G, man. That, that's that's what I have to see because I, I know that um that, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen did... Uh, uh, it was like I guess like essentially like, like an unofficial trilogy where it's uh, uh, Borat, Bruno, and, uh, and this movie. And yeah. I only saw Borat. <laughs> you only saw Ali, Borat. Ali G was first. Ali G was first. The opening sequence is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like it's because like he and Martin Freeman have this like like this like little like where they're, they're in the car like or they're they're listening to this drum and bass uh, this drum and bass song and like they're driving down like the little mini and just like. Booyaka, booyaka, jump with this massive. Anyway, and the point is that, like, Michael, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, like, Michael Gammon plays the prime minister and Charles Dance is the bad guy of the movie. I was like, yo, this movie's great. But anyway, um, that's how I knew Michael Gammon. I was like, wow, that guy's a very hoity toity actor. And then you, you know, then it got to a point of, oh, wait, this guy's like, it's not a, a bit comedy thing. This is a legitimate, like, you know, top tier, top class actor. What is this? Hoity toity. Hoity toity? It's just someone It's very <laughs> top class. You have to have, you know, a certain uh, finesse and, and uh, you know, this, you know, and cl- just top, you know, you know, the high class, you know, uh, almost snooty type of stuff. I'm not saying it was snooty, but that's how I, I always noticed, like, oh, you know, like, like, like more end, like Shakespearean. Yeah, high end British like acting. High-end, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Michael Gambon played uh, George the uh, Fifth. Which you know the what we saw of him was like just perfect. Like those scenes yeah. with him there, like, like the first scene where where he's uh, trying to get uh, uh, his uh, trying to get uh, Albert, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise known as George the Sixth, um, to like to like speak with confidence uh, into the into the microphone. Don't be afraid, boy. Like just like speak into the mic. Just do it. And just like. That's, that's not helping and like so if anybody like, like the stress you, and the pressure and like, like have you ever like in any situation like this is what i think was so relatable to this movie even if like you don't have a, a speech impediment stutter or stammer like if you ever you ever try something and then like the people who were supposed to like kind of oversee you to instead of like helping you through it it's just kind of like why don't you just do it already like just, just stop yeah. like stop sucking like you're just like ah, like it's just it's, you're it's making crushing. it worse yeah like you're just making it worse like it's crushing like you think they don't know that they're not afraid like you think that person isn't like you know you've been in that situation where it's like you, you you know you know like you're struggling it's like but it's just someone it's they're not the reinforcement is not helping at all at the same time it's hard to you can't like snap back at your father in that situation because your father's the freaking king of england exactly <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, like that's really, it's almost the same thing. Like when you have, it's like one, it's hard to, you know, tell your parents that because sometimes parents don't get it. And then it's worse when you have that title there. So um, I'm glad that that scene really like, you know, stuck in with a lot of people, I think, from not just the base level, but like you just mentioned, Zach, too, like keeping it in the underlying thing, too. Timothy Spall was also in it. Yeah, another Harry Potter character. Another Harry Potter character. Yeah, he's Churchill. He's Churchill. Yeah, you know, I I don't think they mentioned. Churchill yeah, until did. like later in the movie. 
They mentioned him when they, they mentioned showed him. him when they showed him first. Really? Because, okay. Yeah, he was, I, I never caught on. He's in the parliament because during that time you had um, the guy who was before Neville Chamberlain. Um, he uh, so that guy that was the guy who ends up later on resigning. Yeah. Um, so he like that was the guy like oh you know Churchill was right and you know I I you know I can't lead a strong government I hate to do this for you you know you just became king I hate to put you in this position but I can't do this anymore he's like all right cool there you go he's like oh my yeah. successor Chamberlain is gonna you know take over and they're like oh hey cool like, I, I I know that they that they but, tossed know, around the name too mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't realize that it was Timothy Small playing Churchill until towards the very end when they when uh when uh when. Uh, Albert tell, it says like Churchill to him. I was like, oh okay. Yeah, like to me, and like and like to me, it's like it's it's interesting because I, you look at different portrayals of Churchill. It's like definitely the physicality from physical standpoint. Timothy Spall is like oh easy like that dude like that's him because if you look at Timothy Spall like he has like a suit and prosthetics on. Um, you know, compare him to like when he's in like I don't know if you ever seen it, but The Last Samurai. I haven't seen it. Now. Where it's like he's he's in there too and. Uh, I'm gonna ignore that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 more like the Ken Watanabe show. Yeah, <laughs> it's, be it's the Ken Watanabe show. And then for anyone wondering, uh, Timothy Spall was uh, Wormtail or Peter Pettigrew in Harry Potter. In Harry Potter. In Harry Potter. <laughs> Minor spoiler. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, um, so then uh, you have um, if you watched Hot D House of the House Dragon, of the Dragon, uh, Eve Best is in this movie. That is correct. She is. Um, is it was he just she was the i guess mistress to uh my oh, boy that's guy right. here she plays wallace simpson not no that's not mistress that's like his wife like well they, yeah they, they, they get came married at first that's a whole thing at first yeah. 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 Well, she was cheating on she was her a, a, a twice divorcee <laughs> yeah so. yeah like she's a twice and divorcee. that's like very frowned upon in in if her husbands would have been dead it wouldn't have been too much of an yes. issue but because yes, they, they were both alive divorced. It's so incredible. kill them both <laughs> no because then that's oh, looks terrible and then you can't have and because that's murder it's also murder <laughs> that would look terrible it's also murder <laughs> what murder <laughs> I mean he's the best guy around <laughs> Dovetailing <laughs> off to the side. I mean, you know, if you want to get a little bit of history here, um, we, we can't know. brush by. Look up the history, but my boy, the ludicrous of movies. Yeah, uh, we got to talk about Guy, Guy Pierce. Pierce. Every time Guy Pierce shows up in a movie, the movie automatically elevates. Just like whenever you see a song that's whatever title by whatever artist, but when it says featuring Ludacris. You know that my man Ludacris is going to have the nastiest verse on the whole song. So every time Ludacris comes up on a song, it always makes the song better. Even if it's like a... Even if it's Justin Bieber's baby. Exactly. Justin Bieber's song is whatever. Unless you like Justin Bieber. I don't. Not that much. But because that one segment has Ludacris on it, you're like, okay, it's pretty good now. Even the really god-awful trash-tier Fast and Furious ride is made only slightly bearable (laughs) because Ludacris shows up in the middle of the line telling you about stuff. And you're like, oh, snap. Cool. They got Luda. It's great. It just goes downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah, but at least that's the highlight. They would have been better off during the, the, the party whatever bus scene in that ride like they should have just been playing ludicrous songs the whole time but anyways that ride's garbage the um <laughs> back to guy pierce so guy pierce in my opinion is on that level of 
whenever he's in the movie, he just elevates the movie. And since this movie was already really good, it's just like, damn, it's even better because not, Guy Pierce is in it. It's now ultra top tier. Like, you know, that's what pushes it over the edge. Like, the if, Guy, if Guy Pierce was in the movie longer, this movie would have won two Oscars for best movie. <laughs> he might have would have he might have been nominated supporting actor because yeah, he, he does he, he does a great job of being a. You know, it's like, yeah, brother, I love you. Also, like, I'm going to, like, make fun of you, like, to your face every time you have your stammer. When you're trying to find your voice and confidence, like, nah, son, we're going to throw that in there. Go like, watch Memento. Uh, go watch Lockout. <laughs> yes. That movie's great. <laughs> the first for one scene. five minutes of the movie. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah, Prince Edward, like, he, he does a great job. Guy Pearce playing Prince Edward is an awesome job. Um, yeah, that's you mentioned uh, uh, Best as Wallace Simpson, which it's this portrayal of Wallace Simpson is definitely like somebody who's like not so much out of her death, but it's just like I know I'm making a commotion and I don't care, which was always it's always fun to see in various depictions. But um, okay, we're talking about more Harry Potter alums. Uh, did we hit them all, Zach? Maybe, I, unless there's one that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, because Michael Gambon is <clears throat> Dumbledore. Yeah, well, Mike, the second Dumbledore. It's Michael Gambon, Helena Bonham Carter, Timothy Spall. Um, I I think that's it. For I think Harry that po- is For it. Harry Potter, yeah. Yeah. I think you're actually right. Well, outside <laughs> of uh, Harry Potter, we got... Uh, and, and this was, by the way, like... This movie came out, I think, after part one and part two of Deathly Hallows were filmed. Yep. Really? Is that long ago? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Really that long ago? Yeah, because part one... ended that long ago? Part one came out 2010, part two in summer of 2011. Oh, oh my God. God, my Yeah, back. dude. Oh. Yeah, I, I think I think part my one was like like, oh. like later 2010, like November, December or something. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, they finished the whole over 13 series years. in like 10 years? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Wow. And then Jeffrey Rush, who's, who's uh, uh, uh... Not in Harry Potter. No, 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 he was busy he's doing other uh, movies. Yeah, prior to that, he was Captain Hector Barbosa. I thought you were going to say Les Miserables. I was like, hey, Barbosa good for you, but no. Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, all five movies. All no, five sorry. Movies. Yeah, all five. We yeah. count is the end credits. Is he in the fourth one? Uh, yes. Yes, he is. He's yeah. in the beginning. Okay. And then the end credits. Of, oh, and the end. Yeah, because he steals the boat. He steals uh, the... Well, because I, I know he's in the fifth one, but I don't I don't know. I've only seen the fourth he's one. He's in the fourth one. Yeah. Or twice. I like the fourth one because of the, the music, the music, but also the the fact that the Spanish that were trailing them the whole time to find the family youth just wanted to go there. And spoilers for part four, they just wanted to go in there and wreck house because they're like, no, no one's allowed to live forever, <laughs> and they just like wreck, just just crash the party. Anyway, um, yes. So going back to this star-studded cast, like we can go off on the tangents yeah. about the cast, but the movie I think is. Uh, at least in my opinion, uh, I want to know Zach's opinion. Like, uh, like you know, just the way it's structured. Like, from what point of history, how it ends in a certain from the, that certain point of history. Like, how it has this whole arc for both uh, Albert and Lionel. Like, how how you felt that 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 was portrayed and how it em- emotionally resonated with you specifically. Since I think it was you and Danny who have not seen it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I'll then I'll get your opinion, and I would love to hear Danny's too. Okay. So your question again was my opinion on on what part of the basically how all of it, basically. all of the whole thing, so the way the movie structured <laughs> between well, because there, there were two characters grow together and like, yeah, you know, because there were a lot of um, a lot of, like a few time jumps. I think it started in 
1925 I believe it was 1925. was was the, the the Wembley speech yeah mm-hmm. old Wembley that's speech. sort of <laughs> and then and then it kind of jumps then to like 1932 or 1934 where where the movie kind of like really starts with uh with um the uh Prince Albert going through uh the, the the speech train or not the speech training but like, like to fix his his speech impediment his stammering and everything and like the the, the risk of like the height of war from germany and hit and hitler's uh uh like like taking over like like the german uh government and everything yeah it, um yeah and then of course like the whole movie being about um since he's trying or he's him overcoming his uh his uh impediment and and trying to stammer less and less uh, would play a key role in the the speech in question, the the titular speech at the end of the movie, um, where uh, he would then declare war. Did you do the thing? No. Well, he doesn't declare war. But he's just saying like, hey. He's, well, okay, yeah. They're preparing, they're, the we're preparing for yeah, preparing for war. You see, you, you hear the part when uh, when Lionel gets into the the into the palace. They're like, oh, the king's speech, sir. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. There it is. <laughs> I did it both times that I watched the movie. I was yeah. Like, oh, there it is. There it is. Title. <laughs> But yeah, like you feel like op, like for it being a, a historical drama, like just working on somebody's speech impediment, that being the basis of a movie to you obviously was a success because you're like, oh, this movie's great, it's a delight. Yeah, and I well, one thing I was thinking of too when watching the movie was that the the title has uh, two meanings, obviously, like the literal speech at the end of the movie, um, and the speeches throughout the movie too, but his actual like. Yeah, his uh, the way the king speaks. Yeah, exactly. his, his his speech is very very cool. Yeah, um, yeah, Danny. I know, like you know, uh, historical biopics have now sort of become more within your realm of viewing because of uh, our little get-togethers here on the Popcorn Watchers podcast. But uh, what did you think? I, I think a lot of the, the, histor- the historical pieces were just recommended by me for the most part. Yeah, yeah because yeah, I thought you were going through that. Backlog. Yeah, because like Anthony and I have seen them most Which of the time. Which one? The historical biopics. Like Gladiator? Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we went through Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saving, um, Saving Private Ryan? No. no, no, no we, haven't, we haven't done that. No, no but um, you probably um, saw it first Full Metal Jacket. Kind full Metal Jacket. With, with uh, Vietnam yeah. War. I mean, we have talked about Oppenheimer, which is technically yeah, a historical biopic. Another World War II related movie. Mostly based off a of book. Yeah. I've gone through a good amount of World War II I feel like Zach has picked the ones that we both haven't seen, which has worked out. Because we both wanted to knock them out and kind of creates a fun discussion because it's us two and against you two who have already seen it. The oldies. (laughs) Oh, it hurts. (laughs) Your backs. I'm confused. (laughs) Oh, man. Even that scene, like with Michael Gammon, it's like like you can tell he's starting to lose a bit of his uh, mental faculties. Oh, when that like, started, I was like, oh, just like, yeah. I'm confused. No, how do you feel, sir? I feel terrible. I just, just yeah, like, quite I miserable. Bloody dreadful. I feel bloody dreadful. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, signing off as like, yeah, like conferring that, you know, even in his mental state, I'm going to have Edward be the king, which is kind of like a little weird of a weird low move. Like ready to like transfer his power. Yeah. Even though they told this guy as the freaking head of the Church of England, you can't be consorting with this woman. And he's like, I don't care. I love who I love. still did it anyway. And he still did it anyway. And then put everything in the Jeopardy. And he's like, no, screw it. I abdicate. But yeah, Danny, Zach thoroughly enjoyed it. How did you feel about it overall? I thought it was great. Uh, I didn't really know much of the movie. 
which was good. Me neither. Yeah. Um, like I didn't watch any trailer or anything. <laughs> so I just went in blind. Um, and I know you had, uh, Xavier had mentioned before that he really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Man. Like I know you have brought it up a couple times. If I have to pick um, like Oscar winners and stuff like that, in terms yeah. of like, if I put in Mount Rushmore, like it, it's my, my, like Rushmore films, like it, it's, it's a contender to be up there. Like my personal favorite movies, like hmm. I'll never not watch this movie. Like, it's just like, Oh cool. You want to watch it? Like, it's not like, Oh, I've seen this many times. No, I'm going to rewatch this because it's, so it's great. It had a little bit of everything too. Like it had some humor in it. Um, yeah, it unexpected humor. Yeah, like like like. Uh, I guess Jeffrey Rush is. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is so good. I mean, so between, good. between Lionel and uh, the King, um, their their back and Dirty. forth was pretty. My house, my rules. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I liked all their scenes together. Enough like, for the bloody shilling, dude. The whole thing he kept talking was like, "Yo, I'll bet you a dollar." <laughs> But you know, he's like, and then at the end, he brought him the the shilling. He's just shilling. Yeah, when they come back in like in 1934, it's like I need to get back, and he's like, I'm doing more of this again. He's like, here's a shilling, by the way, and it's just like it's it's got your brother's face on. He's like, maybe not for long. <laughs> You're like, I'll get a new one with mine. And like, how funny! Like, if we're gonna talk about like some favorite moments, mm-hmm. how funny was it the scene um, where they're going through a therapy session? at his house because it's a kind of more official mm-hmm. and uh the queen mother's in there too she's like yeah come on you boys you can just hang out and then like his wife gets in uh lionel's wife gets in there mm-hmm. earlier than expected and he's just having a freak out yeah he's like oh no because the like, wife didn't know yeah he's he, like, well, he wasn't supposed to tell her yeah yeah he never told her who his patient was, was. She, was she got home earlier than than he anticipated yeah from, he from never told bridge. her and he would always mention you talk about albert as a patient is like i'm having a typical patient he's not believing in himself i think he can do it he's like well maybe you push yeah, yeah it's like maybe you pushed him a little too hard in this way and he's like well, like maybe. apologize and yeah. and then that's when they came back he's like oh i went this the wrong way he's like i see what you're doing so let's try this again and then that's when they're they're having some breakthroughs they're going through some stuff getting through with the you know more of the mechanics that the psycho you know this his psychological trauma by his being albert's to get over it his wife gets in and he immediately is like freaking out <laughs> it's like oh no she can't know what's going on he's like you're acting like a coward man he's like i am yeah <laughs> what i forgot the exact line he says he says something like he's, he's like it's like oh man he's like he's like are, he's like you're really like acting like absolutely like there's no way like he's just owning up to it with his like you know crass you know not crass but like almost like direct australianness as opposed to his you know, against someone who's like just pure British. And what's interesting, I think it, Jeffrey Rush is Australian. Yes. So if what makes the whole like, which makes it almost perfect casting, like that was yeah. of everything. Like even though the Australian accent that we know of today wasn't really prominent, it was, it sounded more like he sounded more British than Australian. Yeah, because he had assimilated and lived there for quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and like he, like Lionel Lowe came from like a middle class family. Again, he said his dad was a brewer, and then he yeah. came over here because I want to act. Yeah, it's always free beer. <laughs> um, oh man! Uh, so yeah, that scene was great. And then like that scene where the wife, where his wife meets the queen mother, how she explains like the the quick the quick rules of royal etiquette. Like, like, first, so, it'll be your your, your Majesty. First, is your, first, your your, your, your Majesty, and then Ma'am like Ham, not Mom like like Palm. I was like. <laughs> I remember that and like that scene to me is like anytime people talk about royal stuff it's like I know that because of King's speech like I know what I know what you're supposed to do and that's like she remembered like oh my god and she because she walked in she's like wait you're and she's like 
it's and then she goes into like, <laughs> like Helena Bonham Carter just spot on like knows it. Uh, matter of fact it's almost like she had to like draw from the every time people recognize her from Harry Potter fame it's like wait I got this and it's like she turns on the this is how you deal with celebrity in a sense and then you know she she's uh she like curtsies and then Albert uh Lionel opens the door and then you have the King George right there she's like oh your majesty it's just like it's just like almost like Oh snap! This is what you've been doing for like, all oh, these do, years. You want to have dinner? <laughs> yeah, and like politely, like yeah. thank you, but I have a previous engagement. Yeah. Which obviously they're royals; they're gonna have a previous engagement. Yeah. Um, and she does that. That we're like, kind of eyebrow thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> when like, she says previous engagement. Like, yeah, we know, but you know, it was a, I had to be polite and ask. But there's a lot of that in this the british society and everything while we're going through favorite moments the one that i like uh most was the first time he meets with lionel and um you get like the like he's doubting it of course obviously and just kind of like going against it call me lionel it's like okay doctor (laughs) i love how that brought that came back and then we get the um like him with the headphones listening to the music and reading off the the book and then you know he storms out, but then he listens to it after, and he hears himself like speaking in normal. Yeah. He was like, what "Was he reading again? Was it? Uh, was it Hamlet? Ham- uh, no, to be or not to be? Yeah, yeah, it was Hamlet. <laughs> it is Hamlet. Um, yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool scene. And I, I, I liked uh, the scene before that, or when they first started interacting in their session, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the smoking. He's like. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. like no don't he's like i don't want you smoking in my in house here. and he's my like house my it's, and he's like and it's bad for you he's like i believe those things will kill you he's like all my physicians say it's good for the throat <laughs> and he's like, like <laughs> and then he's like no those things are gonna kill you and he's like but they're all knighted and he's like well in that case no he's like, <laughs> no. just saying that case but he's like well then it must be true then he says <laughs> what he said no no he the, the, what he says exactly is um Makes it official. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but what makes it funnier is that he goes, oh, but he's like, yeah, all my doctors do that. Like, well, they're idiots. He's like, yeah, but they're knighted. He's like, well, I guess it makes it official. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, the wit was so natural. Like, it, it was just, like, you, I, I love that. It, nothing felt like forced. Like, it was like, like somebody naturally, someone would say, it, like, well, then, yeah, they're officially morons because they're selling you smoking is good for your lungs. Like, no. And then, like, you know, it's, uh, that whole bit and the whole idea of just like, you know, your methods I've heard are unorthodox, but this person, you know, like his wife uh, referred him. Uh, but it, like Zach said, like some of the, like what's nice is that the time jumps happen, but they don't explicitly tell you like this is the year. Like there's someone will, be, will write into like a document or like they'll watch something and the year will be said in that thing that they're viewing or that's there. Like, it's well, it, was like o- it was always like just on the screen, like sometimes this place, sometimes, but like, there's other times yeah. that they don't say, tell you the year, but they kind of tell you like, like the date, of Ed- like the date of Edward's abdication. Like it tells you it's in December of 1936 yeah. and it tells December you like, like 12 or something. Yeah. Like 1935 when George V died, like you had, you know, it was something like that. And then it jumps to 1939 and then, you know, Hey, it's 1939 because you know, everybody's talking about Germany invading Poland. September 3rd, because that was two days after yes. the invasion. September 3rd, <laughs> correct. So, um, like, those bits of jumps uh, happen. And it's cool, because then you also see, like, the Lionel's sons get older. Mm. Um, especially when they talk about the scene, where it's just, like, the reason why I, I, I you know, I was able to... I guess it's great for me to come to, because I was there at Wembley that day at that speech, and my son asked you, like, do you think you could help that man? Yeah. You help that poor man. And then... Uh, I loved that despite the fact that Albert in when he's about to be cor- going through the preparations for the coronation at, West- at Westminster Abbey like 
uh, he's just having like, oh, you know, we did, we did research. You're not really a doctor. You don't have accreditation. He's like, I want to have experiences from the war and every like that generation, the Great War, like World War One, especially in Australia. Like a lot of the Australian troops fought in Tripoli, and there's a lot of that he talked about, like in the movie, like what he dealt with, and like a lot of things I learned was was learning through experiences. Like you know, I don't need a degree for that. Like I know that this stuff works. And like, you know, just as you trusted me, like I've trusted you, know, you trusted me with this stuff. I need you to trust me that this is, you know, like, and, and he's, he told, he told Bertie, um, like, I'm not a doctor. Um, and there's no, there are no letters or there's no, uh, on my door. There are no letters no, after like, my name. No I have not misrepresented name. myself at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that was never, like, he him never being, called himself. Yeah. And that was him being, okay. Yeah. That, that was, that was a problem thing of like, like, uh, like, like, I'm not a doctor. You called me that. Well, no, that, no, like even like Bertie, uh, Albert says that he's just like, oh, I always called you doctor. And that's why Again, you never you always said call you Lionel. And that's why. And so he's like, I'm freaking out because I put my trust in you. And these people are telling me this. And it's like, well, you know, I was, I was like him basically in a very polite way. And like they're wrong. Like it's about what you you need right now. Like come to you, especially like you have the the Archduke Canterbury played by Derek Jacoby. Like a lot of these times I kind of like inserting himself into certain situations like oh no you need to I, you sh- why is this guy here you need to bring me the official guys and he's like no the official guys are garbage like get them away from me and then like they get to the preparations again and that's when you have what my my favorite scene is like what i feel is like like what was colin first like oscar winning scene was him and lionel there and lionel's like on the on throne, the mm-hmm. basically oh, on the throne, that was on the so- you know, touching the the stone, the stone, and it's just a chair. He's like, it's a chair. People, <laughs> he's like, get out of here, get out. And he's like, people wrote stuff on here. Like, this is nothing. Like, they this is they did call the names. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have this. It's like, why do you have to get up a bloody chair? Because I play yourself. Like, and that's where he's like, not because he's angry, because it's like having the pride of himself, and he's just like, why you? It's like, why should I have to listen? He's like, because I have a voice. Like, he's like, yeah, that you do have it. a voice. Like that was like. That part gets me every time. It's just like, like he has that conviction. Well, he wanted him to get that out, mm-hmm. like to yeah, say that. He that was the whole point. Like he was inciting him to get, you know, feel it from here. Like part of the stammer, yeah, it's physiological, but it's a lot of it's mental too. And you have, and like that was his breakthrough moment. It was like, look, man, like you have to stand up for yourself. And that was when the end, when they're like, oh yeah, I want Mister Loeb here. It's like, but your family's there. He's like, exactly. In the yeah. king's box. Yeah. Exactly. And I, they're in the king's box. It's like, that's an orthodox. He's like, he's like, I don't think you should do that. I'm here to advise it's you. It's reserved for like, like yeah, a royal, royal, royal family royalty. and, and uh, like, a, like advisors or something. And then, uh, and, uh, and he says, uh, and that's precisely why I want him there. Yeah. He's like, that's why I need him. That's why I want him there. He's like, yeah, but I'm supposed to be in charge of, you know, putting the head on the crown. And he's like, well, respectfully, it's my head. And I was like, damn, here we go. Go get it, Albert. Yes. And so like, and then the best part is when they they go back because the the the, the Archduke is going to curate the video to then show, you know, to show to the family. Oh, he said he was gonna edit the Yeah, and so they're showing the edit, the the final cut to the family. And what's funny is the daughters, which are you know, Elizabeth, Elizabeth and, and Margaret, they kind of point out like, look, you messed up on giving him the, the, the crown. And he's like, but like a scrub. He's like, yeah, but the, the, someone hid the inseam. I was like, shut up. You're a scrub. Get out of here. Like, that was the best. I love that. It's just like he was giving him such a hard time for Lionel. It's like, oh, you screwed up your job a little bit. And you're using, they're using actual footage. And yeah. they, they did a good job of making sure not to show the actual uh, Albert. Yes. <laughs> covering his... Uh, 
his uh his head with the arm of the arch the arm of the yeah i think yeah and, I, not, and not showing anything. i liked seeing some of that and then what was cool is like you saw it after like all right cool we don't need to see anymore but then they saw the, the film reel from germany yeah and you know they ask uh the daughters ask uh, King George, like, what was he saying? He's like, I don't know, but he's saying it very well. Like, as almost like, damn, like, that's the kind of like people like are listening to him. And and, yeah, like, as a kind of a messed up, uh, like, mirror of just like, this is what you could be in terms of like, if you knew, if you could speak well. Yeah. So, um, you know, as it, and it's, and the movie takes place over many years with a lot of these things. And so there's, it's a process. Yeah, just I think like, it was like a else. total of like almost like 20, no, sorry, 15 years. 14. It starts in 25, ends in 39. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay, I was in 24. Yeah. I, so yeah, maybe, yeah, a little months. over 14, or maybe 13. I don't know when the Wembley thing was. Uh, yeah. 13 and a half. <laughs> the half. And, yeah. then, and then one of my other favorite parts, too, was uh, I think it was like maybe the second or third session that they had where uh, like the whole swearing and like, oh, see, like, you didn't stammer when uh, swearing and <laughs> singing through through yeah. the stuff, like the, the mechanics singing. of it. Well, the, the singing came later when he came, like at night after his father had died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I have been singing, like I uh, sing Swanee like, River, Swanee River, or, or, or Camptown Races. races. <laughs> You're barking up the wrong tree now. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I that was really fun because and he didn't stammer there, and you could see Lionel like okay, like it's it is really interesting seeing someone so confident in their work so that when like someone like me for example if i i hit a wall like that where someone's like yo you're hitting you're crossing you're about to cross a line like i'd freak out and lionel's like all right cool like like he was so confident like no like you need to be challenged in this way like in order for you to think and you know help you overcome the things you need to overcome well funny enough because because uh the the part where um where the the scene where he's like uh, asking him to like oh you should try singing what you want to say um that was one of the things that i was thinking about before like when i when um as the movie was progressing because i had a bit of a stutter when i was in uh was it middle school maybe and it was like pretty obvious that i had like the stutter and singing did help wow with with doing it what did you sing just like whenever i would listen to music like just singing along with it then it it helped with uh like getting rid of that stutter over over a few years look at that so i was like i was like damn like i like i i i um I, I, I resonate with that. Lincoln like, Park. Yeah, that really uh, hit you in the core. Because like, I was like, I was like, at some po- at some point, like I think maybe like uh, like twenty minutes earlier, I'm like, man, like I wonder if they're gonna maybe talk about singing because I know that that helped me, and that's usually like, like a good way to uh, to get rid of a stutter is just by singing too. Because when you're singing, you know the words to something, you don't have to think about the lyrics, you just know the lyrics, mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. you just sing it. Yeah, and then you're not gonna stutter it's very true my sister was telling me something similar about that where like how the uh the mind to mechanic uh uh the the, the mind connects to that from almost like you know like a muscle memory thing yeah it's exactly it's able memory. to come through and not have to have any type of the block on it whether you know that that type of block well that's also kind of like how that went with that scene where he had the headphones on and he couldn't uh, he wasn't hearing himself really. Like, yeah, he was blocking himself yeah. out. He was busy listening to the music, but M- while reading and reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because yeah, because the, the point of that was uh, was a uh, he asked like a few minutes earlier um, when you're thinking to yourself when you're talking to yourself, do you stammer? Yeah, he's like, he's oh, like no. of course not. He's like, of course not. You're like, well, there you go. So <laughs> and then they're like, oh, try this out. It's the great. It's the next thing from America. And you're like, cool. <laughs> like this is fun. Like you know, being able to do something. And what's funny is that I think King George the Sixth was the first king to actually visit the U.S. 
um, okay. historically speaking. So that's a weird little connection. Um, I also liked that. Uh, uh, what was the one part? Singing. He's just swearing and he's like, yes, that shit, part's shit, great. Tits. Yeah, just and <laughs> like that part is hilarious. He's going through all these like you know just the vulgar stuff, and he goes and like just like he just ends it with and, it started and, and with, he's like tits. like he, well, he, he he started saying just like bloody and bugger bugger bloody bugger. Yeah, and he's then like, come on, you can do better. Than yeah, that. it's just like that sounds like a four year old at a private school. Like, come on, kid. Like you know, let it loose. Do you know the f word? Yeah. Fornication. Fornication. <laughs> Fornication. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, come on, you know. <laughs> and what's great too is that like Colin Firth like uh, nails a lot of like the like the, the Royal British or it's like where a lot of like the R's sound kind of a little bit like W's a little bit and like um which like kind of leans into some of the, the speech impediment. Okay, yeah, because I I figured that that was more of the uh of of, of the impediment part and not the. Actual. But if you hear ever hear Queen Elizabeth speak, there's some there's a very little bit of a trail of that too. So it's almost like it's just because it's got to be a certain the, way the, to the, speak. The, the Queen's English is what they call it. Yeah, the King's English. Like very yeah. very proper. Mm-hmm. Like British, everything is enunciated. The yeah. R's are are pronounced everything. Uh, what was interesting to me too is that when they brought in um, Prince like, Edward's uh, first like actual introduction, he's just like coming out of a plane. You're like, oh, this guy's like too cool for school. What the heck? <laughs> um, and like they get to Balmoral, which is supposed to be you know like a nice stature, like you know up the, the Scottish palace of, of the royal family, and like they get in there, and it's just basically like a late, it's like a early thirties like post you know, roaring 20s party. And he's just like, dude, what the heck? I mean, that's when Wallace is like, hey, everybody. And he's just like, uh, it's Queen Mother's, uh, Queen, uh, Queen, she was, or, you know, soon to be queen. She's there, she's like, no, I was here. I was invited by the king, so don't talk to me. Like, that was like the weird polite way of saying, like, get out of my face, scrub. Like, that was something else. And like that whole sequence, that whole scene is just like the whole, like, oh, this is what we're going to be expecting. Like, this is definitely not decorum or anything at all. And, but it, it, you got to see a bit of the the Guy Pierce range. It's just like I can be a party, I can be a loving brother, I can be a total a hole, like <laughs> all in like one or two different scenes. Uh, Anthony, any other bits that you remember that you can pull up that you remember? Yeah, I mean, I guess we're leaving it for the last one. But I mean, the speech at the end. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the the part where there, uh, he's with his uh, Lionel's with his sons and like he's recreating. Uh, I think uh, the Tempest. And he has, he's playing Caliban, and he's like, mm, oh, here's a quiz. And then the kid's like, Caliban, he's like, how do you know? Lucky he's like, guess. He's like, he's like, lucky guess. He's like, no, I'm not a lucky guess. And that's, the, you know, the whole, and this shows the the fact that Lionel, like, is wants to be, like, a you know, an amateur actor. And then he goes try out for an amateur acting club, and they just rag on him for being Australian. That was kind of messed up. And then, like, the point where they have that little falling, by they, I mean, Lionel and Albert have the falling out where he's like, oh, you're just some jackaroo from, from, you know, from the colonies. Who's, who's the son of a brewer. Son of a brewer. You're like, you can't talk to me that way. And he's just like, oh, like, and he wasn't even like defending himself. He's like, ouch. Like that just, that, that's where like, maybe that's where the line, or lines were crossed there too on the other way. But, uh, that ended up being, helping cement the, or like being a foundation for them to make up. And then that's when he gets the coronation and all that cool stuff. But uh, yes, we got to talk about the way Lionel helps uh, King George through that, uh, you know, that first wartime commencement speech. Yeah, it's uh, I like that. That it was essentially just the king 
and Lionel in a room by themselves. They had it, you know, covered, soundproofed with the window open. I, f- I don't know if that was on purpose to make it more like the sessions that he would have with him because he would always have the window open or if they wanted to do that for some form of, you know, to make the sound better from the microphone. I don't know, but I, I, I like that little touch. But yeah, I mean, just that it's just like what the last like ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, um, and, and practicing the speech too. Yeah. Where uh, oh man, well, then, like you have forty minutes to like. I think it starts with like you have a few hours, and then it's like okay, now you have an hour, now you have like thirty minutes, and then it's two like, minutes. You have two minutes. Two minutes. When the light starts blinking, you have like five seconds. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna blink four times, and uh, and he, he said that they're gonna keep it off so that the it's evil not distracting. Eye. The evil eye is not looking at you. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, the, but him, like, uh, both of them being in that one room practicing the speech, and he's uh, doing a combination of uh, saying the speech and throwing in, like, swear words, uh-huh. and then singing parts. Like, in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, why is it always peas? And I love it. Like, there's, like, when there's, uh, with various speech impediments, there's always one consonant that gets to people. And for him, he's like, it's peas. Like, it's always peas. Like, he's for people. Yeah. Probably. He's, like, trying to uh, say, try bounce into it. Say, a people. A people. <laughs> and, like, and he does it in the speech, just, a people. So it's like, it's, and it's cool. Like, I think there's a, if you go in, it's easily looked up online now. You can hear the actual speech. Yeah, well, I was wondering, like, okay, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was recorded. He does, I believe he does the same thing. He does same cadence, the same yeah. pauses, probably the same... Just without that Alexander just that score in the background. No, you have to have that score. But that score or that song that played during that part was that a Displayed original or was that a, just like like a like a public domain music from? I don't remember. I'm pretty, to I'm be pretty sure that was a a a, um, a piece from Mozart, if I'm not mistaken. It it's sounded like like I a think Mozart so. piece. Yeah, I don't think that's a. That, like, that's there, there were original. there were a few. Um, Pieces ah, in there. yes, you guys are right. I, I sit corrected. It is no, but not Mozart. It is Beethoven Symphony. Number oh, sorry, seven. I've definitely like heard Beethoven. it in other number what? Ones. Yeah, it's Symphony Number Seven. Number Seven. Okay, yeah. So that Beethoven. It, yeah, it wasn't displayed. There were a couple in there that were not displayed. It was uh, like from like a classical composer. Yeah, that were thrown in there. But, oh, but you kind of have to. But that that symphony is is one of my favorites. Yeah, it was used very very wisely. Yeah. yeah, and that, that scene brings the whole movie together. It's like, that's the reason for the title. And what's nice, too, <laughs> is that, like, during all that, Lionel's there with him. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to coach you through it. Just like, and as in. Yeah, and at the end, like, right before, like, the, it's counting down, he's like, just act like we're in session, you're yeah. talking to me. He's like, mm-hmm. just say the speech to me. Like, it's just us. And yeah. then the whole time, like, he's not. To me. He's pantomiming. Like, he's not speaking to him, but he's pantomiming, like, because when he sees that he's kind of, like, stopping, he's like. He's, he's he, dropping he's the F-bombs. I mean, like the, the first words, or and he starts like conducting as if he's singing, and then like rocking side to side, like doing the movements that they practice. So like he's doing all the things and showing him all the things that they practice during their sessions. While Colin Firth is like trying like to read what he's supposed yeah. to be reading. The culmination <laughs> of everything. Well, but, so uh, I, I watched this movie twice. When I watched it last night, which mm-hmm. was my second time, um, I was watching it on my uh, on my uh, on my TV. And I had uh, AirPods Maxis, so I put the noise cancellation. I turned Ooh, it on. Fancy. I turned it on during that scene specifically because I'm like, okay, this and, is like a really intense cry. And do it actually? He did. It actually was goosebumps. It sounded much more. It sounded much better. Yeah, I bet. With the noise because can- I had the noise cancellation on, so I can hear in case like like my mom was calling me for any reason or whatever. She but can like, wait. Oh, you know, she could wait. <laughs> she wait ten minutes. Yeah. So I put the noise cancellation on. I'm like, wow, like this is. Like this gives me chills just sitting here. Noise cancellation, no other sound is like 
like uh, interrupted. Oh, it was meant to be oh, heard. Oh my god, dude! It was. Oh, it sounded so good. Yeah, and dude. like you, you hear like 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 the the deep um, like uh, like very smooth um, timbre of Jeffrey Rush's voice uh, when he's speaking. Like it's just us. And I'm like, God, this sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and what's what's great too is that after the speech. Like you're seeing in the control room, you're seeing people around the world listening, like this is the whole British Empire. So like you have everywhere like listening to this. And it's like okay, like they're not like freaked out. They're actually like, hey, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying. Like, they even show Guy Pierce listening to it, like yep, the true. previous in king his, in his, his home brother, and yeah. like probably his Italy or Monaco or something. <laughs> he, he was somewhere. It looked like, but that. it actually seemed like the one, I guess, like couple seconds that they showed. It was like. <laughs> It kind of seemed like he was like proud of like the speech that he was yeah. listening to. So he's like, man, he's doing it now. Well, look at that! Like he, he's he's rising up. When the last time you essentially see him was like at that party when he pretty much was like belittling the crap out of his yeah, younger talk brother. About him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that felt horrible to watch. He's like, I was like, damn, come on, dude, like that's messed up. But uh, you know, people hurt people, hurt people, basically. Uh, and then what's the best part of that too is at the end of this, at the end of everything, he gets out and just like, congratulations, your Majesty, congratulations. Everybody's like, man, that was good. Like, you can hear people outside yeah. clapping. Outside clapping. He's like, what? And you could see him just like, I think I can do this. Like this is this can be a way to do it, and uh, I don't have to fear the wireless. Like, um, well, like just before he like leaves, like leaves the room. And he talks to Jeffrey Rush, and Jeffrey Rush is like, "You still stumbled on the W's." Uh, that was a great line. He's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, they're like what, like three times." He's, he's like, he's like yeah, yeah, "I have to make it, make them know that it was me." Like, he's like, as if he did it on purpose. Yeah, he's yeah. like, "I had to drop a few to let them know it was me." And I was like, "That yeah. uh, mm-hmm. see, the fun little comedy." Like that was like, like again, it's a little comedic touch to a good heartwarming and inspiring moment like that helps it cement it even better great writing like yeah. great great screen and it was like it was just like once he finished the speech it was just like the new man like he was a new man you could see like just like i mean the, just he, like the he, good actor like, like he just had sex. yeah he's like yeah yeah you could <laughs> see the confidence in him he was even every person that he was saying like thank you like he didn't stammer once he was just walking <clears throat> saying hi how you doing thank you thank you thank you and like and, and, then, I mean, and, and then he, he was, and then he went to his wife and his kids, like no stammers at all. Like, so it was like, part. it was like, because because he stammered going much, into it, talking yeah. like like greeting Churchill and the other guys. Yeah. So it was like great acting. And it was then, pretty much like the whole movie, like the whole weight of like the nation of his people was like lifted off his shoulders by him, kind of like fighting his demons and just like let it go from and like the last weird speech. waving too. Yeah. They're like, huh. and then the final, the the final. <laughs> Uh, some like photo op and the hey let's greet the general public and the the, the subjects the British subject outside and everybody's like yeah like that's awesome like you know we're inspired like we're gonna yeah we have to go to war but we're gonna do this and you know your speech imagine you know it's like hey we're getting ready for another war in some people's generation and lifetime and imagine if he, if that speech was botched or really bad like that could have set the tone kind of poorly for the general populace so that the fact that they did that and it was enough to you know it added to inspiring. It was a really great thing. Um, and I know even because of that, I, during the war, they never left Buckingham Palace. And that was even during, you know, the Battle of Britain with all the attempted bombings within London. And so imagine like, ah, Buckingham Palace, we're going to try to bomb it. And it's like, no, we're going to stay here. Like, and Buckingham Palace, I think I hit by some stuff, like not majorly, but it was still like hit. And that was uh, a big 
confidence boost and a morale boost for the people of Britain when like hey our king's standing by us like you know going through that and you know delivering speeches like that so imagine you know could have been a different situation if it not gone that way so uh yeah man I'm really happy you guys liked it like it's it's an Oscar winner for a reason. Like it's, oh, and it's Jeffrey Rush was a was an executive producer, I believe, on the film. Nice. Yeah, I, I know he got nominated for supporting. I'm not sure if he won though. He wasn't executive. He producer. did not win because that was the year I think uh, Django came out. Was it Django or was it a, was something where he lost to Christoph and Glorious Bastards? I think that year and Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to be Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, th- I think it was uh, the Christoph Waltz year. If it was Foreign Glorious Bastards, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he lost to a Nazi, which oh is weird. <laughs> no. Hans Landa, man. That movie. What a character. Yeah. What a character. Well, on to the rating, then. <laughs> Yeah. You want to start with me? Are you going to start with yeah, yes, man. Let's we'll start with, yeah. It's your speech. I mean, your it's movie. It's your pick, your man. Movie. I want to know what you think. There's a grave hour. I give this movie, ooh, a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. I give it a 10 out of 10 easy. He's like, it's a perfect Super movie. hard. Super hard 10 out of 10. So if it's, this movie came out in the 80s, what would you have rated it? 10 out of 10. Uh, 5 out of 10. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. He's like, this is a perfect film. This is a perfect film. Nah, definitely 10 out of 10. Nice. Yeah. Everybody's play, everybody everybody is is playing out of 10 in this movie like I'll give my rating yeah like I'll, it's 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 a 10 out of 10 film for me too like from an emotional viewing ship and also from like an object, objective trying to critique the film like everybody is on point even the kid actors are on point like the way the scenes are shot that like there are no like funny goofy camera angles uh, I think it's just it's just a perfect film. Well, one thing that I wanted, that I forgot to mention earlier, was that there were a few scenes that reminded me so much of uh, of a Wes Anderson film. Oh my god! Of course, <laughs> like when they're moving out of their house to go to the Yeah, that, that weird like like top down shot that gave me Wes Anderson vibes. Uh, there were a few shots in the beginning of the movie, like uh, like uh, when the, the the radio announcer was going to um, like uh, present the king or uh, present a uh, Prince Albert. To make the speech at Wembley, a lot of those scenes there with like the microphone and like the studio, everything, it reminded me of Wes Anderson. He's like, it's with the music, trick. with the it's, music too. Because it's this Alexander the Splat. But duh, like, like he won for the he went for Grand Budapest. The hotel. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Like the deserved. The I agree. I agree with that one. Um. Didn't go up against. Uh, I mean, maybe he did. No, I think no, I think no, it actually did go up against Interstellar that year. Was it that year? Yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. Year. They were both twenty fourteen movies. Yeah, it was well deserved, but I think it was well deserved, but shouldn't have won. <laughs> it's like the contradiction. We understand that living contradiction. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, perfect film for me. It's uh, again, that's just it's one of those where like you know, if you're not, you don't like historical biopics or anything like that. Like this will help you get into those kind of movies because it's not super long. Um, it. Is great from an emotional yeah, I mean, piece. It's a solid two hours. Yeah, it's like, exactly two is hours. It like exactly two yeah. hours. It's like, it's, like an, it's like an hour and nineteen. Or sorry, um, one hundred eighteen. Hour and eighteen. Hour and eighteen. Oh, yeah. What? Two hours and eighteen? No, no. Sorry, one hundred fifty-eight. Yeah. No, one hundred one thousand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> an hour and fifty-eight minutes. One hundred eighteen. Yes. Regardless, there's credits, so that means <laughs> the movie's probably like an, an hour fifty. Yeah. Yeah, like an hour fifty-five. I think it was a solid runtime for sure. Yeah. Very, very good runtime. Good pacing. 
Yeah, it's not boring. I mean, someone who's maybe like only likes action movies, even if they watch this movie, I don't think they will be like, oh, it's too boring because I think it's um, gripping and entertaining enough that they'll probably enjoy the talking of the movie because yeah. the movie's called The King's Speech, so you would assume there's going to be talking in it. Um, I, I assumed it was going to be a very serious movie. I wasn't expecting any humor. I was thinking something along the lines of some, like something close to like a Schindler's List kind of thing, like very serious, like not a lot of funniness to it, like no humor, nothing. Yeah, like, like, wait a minute, this rush is a riot. It was yeah. just good humor, like, and it's like I want to say like wholesome humor in a sense. Yeah, it was because like, even even when uh, when they were preparing for the coronation. And uh, he's saying, like, oh, I want to go up to the banister so that your nanny can hear, or something about, like, your yeah, nanny. Yeah, reach the banister so your nanny can hear. Like, and, and, oh. and, and he kind of, like, he kind of, like, like, smirks, like. Oh. Yeah, he's like, oh, that one? Okay, yeah. He's like, you know, all I got to say is four responses. You got this. It's only four responses. Like, yeah. it's easy. You know, like, even even though it's, and he's Louder. Like, yeah, he's like, he's like, even not the one nanny that liked uh, Edward above me by heart. So, I like, there's, like, the other nanny was cool. Like, but, uh, yeah, like, and you find out more, a little more about more about him. So, yeah, um, Danny. Yeah, I'll also give it a, a 10. And uh, this is a back-to-back 10s for me. That's right, with, yeah. With uh, Die Hard. You like Die Hard's Totally 10. different movies, but uh, both uh, excellent in their own way. Yeah, no, this movie's just too damn good. Uh, I think it, it goes without saying, but, you know, we, we got to get it on the record. Anthony? Um, I'm not going to give it a 10, yeah. but it's an yeah. excellent movie. Definitely deserves the... Oscar for best movie that year, uh, but strong nine, very strong nine for me. Um, yeah, very good movie. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I think uh, if you watch this movie, really enjoyed it. I think a great, it's a great launch point to get into The Crown on Netflix. So uh, if you want to do some recommended watching, I think what's also really impactful is if you go and watch 1917, another uh Oscar nominated film for best picture that it gives you an idea of just how rough and really impactful the first world war was. And so a lot of things that uh, Lionel mentions when he brings up his upbringing on how he learned his speech therapy is like, you know, he didn't go to school for this. It was, you know, everybody coming back to cell shock and I've had to find a way um, to help folks out and understanding some of that. I think you, you'll get from that movie. Also that movie is an incredible fit a film in its own right and i think since we see a little bit of winston churchill here just before he becomes prime minister uh during world war ii uh you get to watch gary oldman win his uh oscar for best actor in uh the darkest hour it's just called darkest hour uh but yeah that's gary oldman as churchill which is like almost unrecognizable and he again stellar job of understanding more of uh, Britain during uh, the Blitz, during the Battle of London, or Battle of Britain, sorry. And, you know, a, just more of on that, like, 30s, 40s, World War um, style, you know, biopics, if you guys want to see more of that. Obviously different tones, but, you know, recommended reading, especially, or recommended watching, I should say, um, especially, like, that the season one of The Crown, because season one of The Crown has Jared Hess playing King George VI. So that's, it's pretty cool. And also Jared Hess is a badass actor. Like I watch practically anything that guy's in. Uh, and then another, another uh, Colin Firth movie that I enjoyed a lot also was uh, Kingsman, of course. 
Yes. That's right. Yes. Uh, he's like, yeah, Kingsman. And mm-hmm. uh, he was supposed to be the voice of Paddington. But uh, then they switched oh. it out with Ben Weishaw. And with that, that is our recap and impressions on The King's Speech. Again, Zach, thank you so much for the recommendation. This movie's incredible. I'm glad I picked it. I'll always have... I, I, I just, I'll always uh, jump with any excuse to rewatch this movie. Uh, so far... Uh, after watching it, I, I, I will find a lot of excuses to jump into this movie. And what's really nice, too, is that the movie is currently can be found on Max. But um, if you can find it physically, buy it. It's really good. I think I still own it on DVD. I need to update my collection to get a 4K Blu-ray, you know, super zappy masterpiece version of it. And then uh, one thing that we didn't get to talk about uh, earlier, too, was uh, the budget for this movie. Because um, I was really surprised when I saw the movie uh, was made on a budget of $15 million, 15? But wow. 15, yeah, it, made, it made uh, over $400 million. What? 400... How much? 420 something? Uh, I don't know, Danny. Danny, you, you, you had to pull up. No there. way. Like, it was 427. 427. That's crazy. Like, I know the movie had a big Oscar push. Again, I, I saw the movie in theaters with my sister. I think it might have been during, like, the second... Like, the re-release of the run or something like that. Um, I, have to, I have to go back and ask her because it's been such a long time. But... That blows my mind that it made, like, at that point, comic book movie money. money. And I think yeah. also, like, so they re-released it earlier in the year because, you know, the Oscars are usually in March. And I think after it won, they just left it in theaters so that people will now go see the movie that won Best of, best of the Year. And so it kind of was in theaters for, like, almost four months or something Ooh. like that. So... Yeah, you if you do that and then your movie gets a lot of recognition, then make you big bucks. So yeah, it's a big return on a movie that has no pre-existing IP. It's a historical biopic, yeah. and yeah, that's a that's a big big check for this, I mean, this type of movie. It's a huge uh, mamma jamma. Domestically, it made one hundred and thirty-eight million. So like nice. in America, it made one hundred and thirty-eight. Yeah. Look at that. And then can we assume worldwide. that it, that it made a lot of money and. Yeah, I'm sure that was probably the major the major market. Uh, That's crazy. That is out of hand. And and it's a quote unquote small movie. Like it's not like that we were saying. It's not like a a small prestige piece. Yeah. Well, I mean, to only pay like the return on just 15 million. Yeah, it's a big return. That's crazy. That's like horror movie mu- numbers. Uh, yeah, and, and it's not like a Marvel movie where you say, "Oh, well, they also spent a hundred million on advertising." It's like, no, 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 I'm sure they spent five million on advertising. Yeah, they didn't spend much on advertising on this. No, for sure. Um, and then you know, Tom Hooper went on to make the wonderful movie known as Cats. Sorry, I had to bring it. I mean, up. he made Le- Les Misérables, which Les Misérables is great. Yep, that had a you know another Australian guy, Russell Crowe, and another Australian Hugh guy, Jack- Hugh Jackman. Jack- but uh, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, that's a whole nother topic if you ever want to get into uh, that. Cats, my but, next movie. Yeah, and then the uh, <laughs> most recent one Tom Hooper did was Cats. So, hope, you know, they can't all be hits, right? Everybody has to have a, a, a bad day in the office. A bad day in the office, basically. <laughs> As they say. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, well, once again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I had a, a major delight of you know talking about this film i'm so glad that you two specifically enjoyed it watching it for the first time um and speaking of enjoying what we watched next week's episode is going to be our 2023 rundown i know we're going to have a lot of movies i think that will be 
in common and we might have some that are uh different i'm looking forward to hearing the differences um we promise not to get too wild in the debate but i think it's still going to be a fun one overall uh so stay tuned for that um and we ask once again if you're enjoying this style if you're enjoying our format everything that we're talking about uh give us a like and subscribe on your platform of choice that you're listening to and keep up the engagement uh reach out to us again on our social media pages so you can find us on all the big stuff, which is, you know, X, tw Threads, Instagram. Uh, Danny's also posting up our fun, like, weekly guess the movie based off of emojis that we love to do. And uh, if you guys have other suggestions on things that maybe you want to uh, see in terms of recommendations, uh, shoot them out there and, uh, you know, we'll do our best to bring them up, okay? So once again, everybody, thank you. And until next time. Later. See ya. Bye. Happy people.